You know you're created for more. Now let's do something about it. Welcome to Project You, the space for you to embrace the I can, I will philosophy. And finally, start making progress towards your goals, your dreams, and your desires. Be kind, supportive, and remember every day that the blueprint for you is within. I'm Cami Craig. Today, let's work on Project You. Hello, you guys. Welcome to Project You with Cami Craig. Today, we are celebrating episode 120. Today, we have a very special guest beside me and also you, whether you're in the car or at home, hopefully in the park with your with your ear pods on right now, running or walking through. But the name is Dr. Jen, who has discovered brainwave guided transcranial. The name of Dr. Jen, who has discovered brainwave guided Sorry, dog. No problem. The name of Dr. Jen, who has discovered brainwave guided transcranial magnetic stimulation treatment, for which released an advanced EMPB EMBP protocol in 2020, together with Brain Health Leadership Foundation. Dr. Jen, hello. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good, thank you so much for being here today. And I'm just gonna start the podcast out with, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to really answer a question you know, who I am. And uh, I actually started as a traditional psychiatrist. And I believe that our mental uh, function is a standalone uh, measurement. But the more I work on it in the past 40 years, the more I realize that um, brain and mental function is actually a consequence of general health of our whole body. So you cannot deal with the mental health uh, alone. You have to take care of your whole body and, of course, your brain. So I would call myself as a uh, medically trained physicist or engineer at this time. And I like to look at the... uh, whole human well-being and health as a whole and instead of a dissect them into sections i love that uh i don't know if dr jen knows too much about project you um so i'll tell you about a little bit more about our audience and with everyone that is new to project project you i just want to welcome you and for everyone that has been listening to all the episodes i want to welcome you back um, through the journey of Project U, we've been we've been developing and also discovering self through physical health, mental health, spiritual health, um, and we've noticed that over the course of time of getting people's testimonies and actually seeing them in person, the experimenting that you do, as you probably know, everything's a science experiment. Um, people are realizing that when they're in motion, they're in one of their better states. Mm-hmm. They share with me all the time that they get more excited. And uh, I, I always say that's that's the first part of this. If you can get up out of your bed, uh, then you're then you're in motion to doing better. And as we were talking before the, the mic came on, you said something very interesting that physical health versus mental health um, is a thing. And what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, this is the stuff that I, of course, uh, took a very painful journey of myself. And at the very beginning, I just like every psychiatrist, talk to the patients, ask their mood, and then believe 
whatever generated from a pharmaceutical industry is helpful so that we drug our patients immediately without even address the underlying issues. And then take one example. In today in our modern society, industrialized society, and we have a lots, lots of patients who are suffering from uh, anxiety. Yeah. And so anxiety itself is not just individual anxiety. Also, you see the social anxiety. For example, yesterday we have a um, horrible gunshot in Texas. And immediately you see uh, the whole community get anxious. The yes. People getting so nervous. They, you know, not, as a whole, you see everything is bumping around. And then the anxiety quickly spread it globally. Everybody was wondering what's going on. The sky is about to fall off, right? But that's beyond the individual anxiety. That's a whole society getting anxious. So that anxiety, per our measure, uh, measure now we realize that, is triggered by uh, information overloading. So that as an individual, your brain is overloaded with information. The information could be cognitive information. You know, you see too much, you hear too much, or the information from your heart, from your lung, from your gut. They're all information. If you're loaded with that, your brain will respond with that freaking feeling. Yes. So that's what we call anxiety. You know, give you one more example. We have looked at a group of anxiety. And at the same time, we record their heartbeat. And then we realize that almost 10% of a severe anxiety patients has arrhythmia. So the idea is that the heart and brain has a harmonic relationship. Mm -hmm. So that if you have a regular heartbeat, and then your brain tends to be regular, the regularity in our measure we call symmetry. So that if you have a symmetrical patterning, the information is low, and then the energy needed to couple with that information is also low. Therefore, anxiety level is low. Now, if your heart starts to be irregular, then all of a sudden your brain getting really chaotic, then information or noise is loaded up. That's what you feel very, you know, hard to control that kind of situation. So that many psychiatrists may inadvertently treat our psychiatric uh, patients with a beta blocker, for example. Yes. Right? And they yeah. go, oh, you know, beta blocker really can deal with the anxiety. But they didn't know beta receptor doesn't occur in the brain yeah. mainly. So they didn't know maybe, you know, they go, something else is happening. No, actually, you're inadvertently treating the heart. Get a blood pressure dropped, get a heart rhythmic, and also your anxiety dropped. So there, you know, your anxiety, the mental phenomena, is purely the consequence of an unhealthy heart. You know, that's a, a one example, but we can also talk a whole lot in, you know, later on on the gut, you know, on the, you know, adrenaline uh, system. Immune these system. Are immune system in particular. Yes. So all these things uh, will affect our brain and then behaviorally we just see all these symptoms. So I just heard you, with high anxiety, we should be looking more towards the heart. Uh, not necessarily, you know, for example, you have a leaky gut. Right. Okay, you have an ulcer. Ulcer now we know it's an infectious, it's, it's a bacteria issue. Yes. So that we need to fix our GI system. We need to fix our breathing. For example, we have a, a, a COVID long hauler, right? COVID long haul symptoms is a, very likely is from your lung. You know, your breathing wrong. And then all these things eventually can converge into your 
brain. And your brain is a very sensitive organ because it needs 50% of a total energy from your, from your body budget. So that if you, anything affects the blood perfusion, oxygen, oh yeah, you have a problem. So that's what the mental health we need to look at beyond the, the mind itself. When you say that the brain and the heart work in harmonic value, uh, right? When what happens when you put good nutrition oh, in that's there even or more. bad nutrition? That's right. That's you know? very important. And of course, you know my definition of nutrition is slightly uh, different from the, our uh, conventional talk. And nutrition is a, is a relative measure. Let's say you go. Uh, Somalia, you go those uh, relatively uh, underdeveloped country, and a hamburger with a you know two thousand calorie is a very nutritional. Okay, you saw you saved their life because they don't yes. have enough calorie. Yes. And but here you already have a high calorie every morning. Then you add another twenty three hundred calorie on top of it. Even if it's a pure vitamin, that will kill you. Yeah. Okay, well, so, America is biggie sized. Oh, Every, yeah. so, everything's too much. Yeah, I would like to talk about that calorie issues in the in in recent things. But anything overloaded, and then you know, people think of nutrition is, a, a, is a, always good for you. No, it, everything needs to go to your liver to metabolize it. That's right. And so food, too much of food is also toxic to your, to your liver. And if you overload it, then your liver will pay the price. And if your liver function drops, your brain will be affected. That's right. And then also, you eat too much, you over, you pump up a too much of a parasympathetic tone. In that case, you feel drowsy. And then at the same time, if a kid's in school, you want him to pay attention to the math class, there's no way you can do about it. Because you eat too much. This is called a food coma. That's right. right. Food, what is a food coma? You eat too much, basically. You know, the parasympathetic tongue lasts for too long. Yeah. That's what the problem. So with my clients, uh, we talk a lot about nutrition. And <clears throat> there's the saying of, I'm starving. I feel like my stomach's mm -hmm. eating itself. Yeah. And then I put that at a zero. And then the scale runs over to a 10. And 10 is sushi stuffed. <laughs> where you want to go home and just take that big nap and wake up and feel refreshed. Well, I've learned over the course of time that if we if we don't eat at the zero, mm -hmm. like don't wait till you get starving. Like eat more around the number three on the scale from zero to ten, and then as we eat, we don't have to get sushi stuffed, right? We can take it back twenty five percent and stop at the eight. So from the three to eight, we eat, we move, we That's, do life, and mm -hmm. then we come back to it. Yeah, it's a very nice uh, linear thinking. I really appreciate this. Uh, but let me give you, let, let's go back a little bit uh, on the common sense. Oh, by the way, today, I'm not going to talk about science or medicine, okay? Yeah. I want to talk about uh, uh, life 101, okay? That's a very simple thing. It's a, it's a common sense, okay? Uh, let's talk about food first. Later, I'd like to comment on something else. And... Um, you know, uh, why we feel hungry, first of all, right? Hungry feeling is not because we have an empty stomach. If you have an empty stomach, you don't have to feel hungry, okay? Hungry actually is out of a hormone called uh, relin. Relin is a type of chemical excreted from your gut. G-H-R-E-L-I-N? Is that what it is? Relin, R-H. -E oh, R-H, yeah. yeah. 
And, but that hormone is from our gut and eventually send it to your brain to tell, you know, hey, you know, I need more calories. And of course, you're too much of a insulin in your body and you, know, you also suck up all these uh, glucose. You also feel hungry. Yeah. But satiety, the other side, that how, why I feel full. Why in the other people, you know, I don't feel full. I can eat a lot more. Okay. This is something I feel so relevant, not because of hungry, but rather why I eat that much. This is caused by the uh, chemical called leptin. Okay. Leptin is excreted from our fat tissue in the body. Okay. So recently I just uh, finished a study at UCLA. We haven't done the analysis by our hypothesis is very simple that leptin only occurred when your baby grows to a certain uh, number of weeks or months, when you have enough fat tissues to work on that. So at the very beginning, the leptin is based on your mother's milk. The mom's milk has leptin to tell your baby, hey, enough. So that's how when you see mom feed the baby, the baby just suck a little while and falling asleep. They cannot eat that much. But now, how many moms really feeding with the breast milk? They go formula. And I feel so ridiculous these days that we're short of a formula. All of a sudden, everybody's crying. So, hey, we don't have a formula. We have to send a military vehicle to you know, Europe to ship tons of a formula back. I go, no, no, no. It's formula may be the cause of a problem because we just finished 180 rats, okay? We feed them with a different type of uh, uh, food with a limited calorie or infinite calorie and everything like that. So we know that the leptin receptor is in our hypothalamus, okay, in the pituitary gland area, that when you eat slowly, the leptin the, uh, will excrete it, gradually tell your brain, okay, you're done. Yes. All right? So if you feed your baby with a cow milk or filter to all these chemicals and only the pure calorie from the carbs, and all of a sudden the baby feel like, hey, I eat, need to eat a lot more. So at a very early age, you already downregulate your receptor sensitivity. So you need a lot more food to trigger the leptin response in the brain. Okay, when you grow to a certain age, you just need a lot more food to satisfy you than the breastfed uh, kid. Okay, so the obesity, the diabetic issues in this country started from the first day of your life. Part of that because of our society culture, somehow you know breastfeeding is a, is a, is not good, and because a mom need to work and everything, come on, that's that's something you know we feel obligated to tell people, okay? And total calorie is a lot more important than what you take. So I would like to extend this conversation a little bit. Think about it, we human beings are gatherer and hunter. Yes. Okay. If you're a hunter, you know, sometimes you starve yourself for days you know, to have no food. But the next time when you help, you just you know, take the whole cow, right? Yeah. So that's how human life is supposed to be for millions of years like that. All of a sudden, you know, what is the best things in the industrial revolution? And you know, that happens, in, you know, just barely a hundred years, right? Food become industrialized. So we have chemicals, we have machines, all of a sudden, unit uh, square feet of uh, land that can produce that much of a food. 
So food become a cheap and almost like an infinite supply. Yeah. So that's the problem. We change our lifestyle. Of course, when we talk about the sleep and other issues, so that to me, hundred, I mean, like a thousand calorie to twelve hundred calorie, that should be the amount for everybody. But look at the, today's American average is close to thirty seven hundred calories average. Okay, so these things, you know. We don't talk about individual, but look at the whole society. Obesity. When did it started from from you know that situation? 1970s and on, right? We come up with this uh, argument. Oh, sugar is bad. You know, fat is bad. You know, whatever is bad. But whatever it is, just from 1970 to now, 23 percent of calorie increase. That's parallel to the obesity and diabetic. Well, we've gotten to the point as a society that we have to say the word "I'm going to diet,"、uh-huh. which means I'm going to eat healthy, right? And then it always blows my mind. I'm like, wait, this is not a diet. Like we were destined, we were born to eat from the the land,、That's、from、right. from from the fruit that grows high、exactly. in the nuts, and、right. so kind of caveman, yeah, right? Yeah. But why are we speaking this language that that makes us feel like we're going to do something so odd right now? Uh, when、yeah. our body, when you know, we need the fat, and I also know one thing that I learned through working with、um, Jeff as well, while back that my brain needs at least twenty five percent of calories in order to be healthy, correct?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were speaking of the oxygen, and that alone, I realized I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little experiment on myself. When I was eating higher fat, higher carbs, higher protein, just attempting to find my way, I felt better when I was eating. Good healthy fats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- this is a very interesting. Okay, we tend to think、uh, when you eat fat, the fat deposit in your blood vessel. When you eat the carb, the carb you know turn into、uh, a high glucose, right? Yes. When you eat the、uh, you know protein that give you muscle, I go no, never work that way. Okay, we have a master machine in our brain in our body called liver. So whatever the food, you know, three main sources of energy. Protein, fat, and carbs. Okay, all these things get into the machine or be recycled.、Yeah. Okay, basically, you know, the body will decide. Okay, you have too much of calorie. I put into、uh, fat deposit. That's right. Okay, so if a protein, it's then, yeah, if my brain needs more glucose, and then convert the protein into glucose. Yeah. So just burn some energy to eventually redo it. Right. The only problem is that if you have too much, then the the machine will be saturated. Go. Oh, sorry, I cannot do anything. Just put it into fat, and then the other things I want to talk about is obesity. Because sounds like we're, you know, deviate a little bit from the mental issues, but it's related. When you take、uh, too much of a calorie, of course, you gain body weight. That's obvious. But the other things, you know, these days, how many people are taking drugs? Okay, the drug I'm talking about is not street drug. Okay, every drug. Including the additive in our food, these are all chemicals, right? These chemicals actually never happens in in nature, because I work for pharmaceutical engineer. Thousands of chemical engineers they arbitrarily just randomly synthesize compounds, and then a couple of years later, one out of a thousand become a drug. They make a profit. Okay, think about the common sense. Okay, we're using a diaper. And if you dump the diaper in the dumpster for million years, it never dissolved. It will stay there because it's a 
it's a man-made material. Come on. I say that about Cheetos all the time. It is exactly. I can eat a Cheeto behind my couch five years later. <laughs> exactly, right? So drawing the same thing. And when you take that thing, it's a man-made chemicals in your environment, in your body. Yes. It never go anywhere. That's except right. you pass it out. Okay? So about 35 years ago, when I was still in uh, uh, clinical practice, maybe longer than that, and one of my patients who was discharged before, and then uh, later somebody said, it, well, he's dead. I go, wow, how? And he said, oh, well, he got into a car accident. But ironically, the car accident itself didn't kill, kill him, but rather it's a toxic reaction to a, a Thorazine, which is a, one of the antipsychotic medications. I go, he wasn't suicidal. How do you get all these things, you know? And later, the uh, autopsy found that the chemicals, the drug is actually released from fat tissues. What? Okay, the hit that breaks all the fat. Yeah. Now all the drugs are released from fat. Oh my okay? gosh. It's stored a, in there. The store in there, the self-detoxication. Oh you my overload gosh. the compound. The body said, sorry, I cannot handle that much. I grow body to deposit. Oh. Okay. Now, part of the reason our society is so big, our human being becomes so big, and not just that they are taking antipsychotic medications or cocaine or anything, that's of course doing something. Even when you take ketchup, okay, how do you know, you know, you need all these things? One of the examples I like to tell about it, which is related to our mental things, it's called leaky gut. Right, the leaky gut is a, is, a, is a new diagnosis, which is now that we found is very important. The, the phenomenon of leaky gut is that the food, you know, when you ferment it in your gut, right, it will eventually turn into ammonia, a lot of ammonia. So the ammonia will penetrate the grout between the epithelial cells and then penetrate the wall of the gut and then get into your blood and then the local tissues and become inflammation. So that's how the gut will hurt us. But I want to ask, what happened in the first place? The ammonia can penetrate, but not other pe people got hurt, right? So in fact, that there is another very important layers of protection before the cell inside of our or the in the cavity of our gut. Yes, it's actually water based. It's a lot of a you know polarized water. Okay, when you take uh, things in there, and it will be rejected, you know, repelled by the uh, the water. Okay. All of a sudden, this layer of water get damaged. I go, how? Right? You have to ask questions. Let yes. me go back to the uh, uh, this uh, uh, ketchup. Okay, ketchup looks very nice, smooth paste, right? Have you ever made ketchup yourself? You use a blender, put a couple of uh, you know tomatoes in there, and then put some other flavors in there. You blend it. It looks like a ketchup, but if you leave it on the counter, an hour later. All the things deposit on the bottom, water on the top. It never looked like a ketchup from the counter. That's right. Okay, what happens? They put a unique compounds in there called emulsifier. Okay, emulsifier is basically break the uh, the surface tension of water so that they constantly you know, permanently mix it. Yeah. Okay. So what is emulsifier? Let's make it simple. You have a grease in your hand. You use a soap to wash it. Without soap, the, the grease will stay there, right? The soap is a perfect emulsifier, wow. detergent emulsifier. 
right? If you take a lot of uh, food with the emulsifier, okay, from the industry, from market size, they go, yeah, we emulsify the food. But how do you know it won't emulsify your gut, emulsify everything on the way there, right? Let's say you use dishwater, dishwasher. You know, today I wash my dish, okay, you know, it's not perfectly rinsed, but you still drink a little bit of soap in you. For 40 years, you keep drinking. Oh, yeah, your, your body is emulsified. That's <laughs> so, right, it is. Okay, so, you know, accumulative, all these things get into there. So, as soon as this uh, protection is damaged, you know, a little hole, and then um, the ammonia will immediately go through that. Gosh. Okay, so those are the things. I have so many stories about Absolutely. it. But, uh, you know, these things will eventually, you know, if you damage your gut, the gut now in, in, in our modern neuroscience, we all believe this is second brain. The gut actually participates a lot. Okay. Well, don't you think that that's one of our major alarm systems? Exactly. Like yeah. I, I have women that come in all the time, Cammy. oh my gosh, something's wrong. I feel four months pregnant and I'm not pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, we have to really look deeper on what you are eating. And it's most of the processed foods. Exactly. And we talk about that yeah. all the time. Or um, I often give the visual of, the man that has the pregnant belly, mm -hmm. you know, and then you poke it and it's not, it's not squishy. Mm -hmm. It's hard as a rock, exactly. you know, and I, I, I attempt to explain in, in a kind heart and say all the things that you've been eating for the past 35 years. Mm -hmm. It's almost like plaque on the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I go to my doctor at the professional, get up there and get all the plaque out. <laughs> Good. Right. Good you know, and, and here's, here's this guy he has plaque up against the stomach because our bodies were not designed to break this. Sorry, Doc, but crap all the way down. That's we, the right we, word. <laughs> we, were, we were designed to, to eat on the other side and help it. Yeah, absolutely. So. so that, you know, one thing I, I really want to remind everybody, we are still gatherer and hunter. Okay. Our, if you deviated the behavior from your ancestor, you have a price to pay. And this deviation occurs too early. You know, food well, and it, sleep. It, it occurs out of the womb, apparently. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So that's the things, you know, my recommendation. Oh, there is another story I want to share with you. Recently, yes. there was a new article published in Science Magazine. Okay, Science is the top magazine in the whole uh, science community, including medicine, right? And this group of people, they study uh, two things. And they want to see the health and longevity of animals as related to food. So they experiment on two things. They have a, a group of uh, animals, uh, mice, basically. They first separate them up by two groups. One, treat them with the limited controlled calorie. The other one with the infinite supply. Okay. And by the end, they realize that the lifespan actually extended by 10% in the limit in the, in the calorie control group compared to the other. No kidding. The more you eat, the, the earlier you die. Okay. Then they extend this uh, study to question that when you eat it in the day. Okay, so these days, how many people eat at mid of night is that thing, right? So they found that because uh, mice are diurnal animals. So they only work at night and sleep in the daytime. So they feed them in the daytime versus feed them at night. They realize that circadian rhythm guided uh, diet 
which means they only eat at night with a limited calorie, live 35% longer than the daytime in everyday eating animals. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we have to keep in mind the total calorie is a load to our uh, hardworking liver. So food can be helpful for our body, can also be uh, toxic to our liver. No matter what food, you put too much on it, you burn too much of an enzyme on it, then it will be a problem. And then our circadian rhythm, people only look at the circadian rhythm as a sleep. It's a lot more than sleep, you know, your hormone variation, you know, your cortisol, your so many things. Like I can list at least 20 different compounds or oscillate by sun yes, relative to sun clock. So that if you live against your circadian rhythm, your, the nature of your clock genes, then that's against the interest of your body and eventually have to pay for it. Okay, so at this time, you know, when we talk about health, okay, there are only two things, right? Eat and sleep, nothing else. Okay, when you wake up and you are doing exercise already, you sit there, your muscle tension, you burn calorie, okay, so that Currently, we're talking about health, well-being. If you don't talk about food, if you don't talk about sleep, nothing left. That's right. That, that's the only thing you should talk about. It, well, right? Remember, remember, it wasn't too long ago. I'm only 40, but I remember listening to men and women when I was growing up and say, I only sleep three hours. Mm-hmm. I only sleep four hours. And they're like basically putting a card down or a full house saying, that's my, that's yeah. my strongest play. That's my that's my strength, <laughs> right? And 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 then as a young buck, I'm like, okay, work hard, work hard. And that's that was right. part of my problem, Doctor Yen, is is I was like, I, I have to strive for perfection, right? And I have to do it with little sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm growing up with chicks smoking cigarettes and mm-hmm. non-fat and yeah. uh, low low calories. Um, what else the uh, Something else I'm missing there. But, you know, and all the low, 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 nothing. And then, and you know, that I'm I'm a little girl hearing all this, you know, and then growing up in that. And then I realized literally about three years ago, I'm like, I don't have that strong suit anymore. I want nothing to do with it because I finally started to realize that sleep was my biggest play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it was... The biggest weakness when I was growing up, I'm like, oh, you sleep eight hours? You're missing a lot of your day. Okay, so this is not uh, new. Okay, think about the uh, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. You know, they have a steam engine come out, right? And then something parallel to that is called a gas light. Okay, it's not electricity. It's a gas light. So back then, we would burn like oil, burn oh, yeah, candles, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gas light is a revolutionized. So... The street in London is the first area they light up at night. Oh, that was beautiful. Okay, so immediately that the colorful city turned it upside down. Okay, they go. Okay, our steam engine should not stop because we can shift our uh, uh, workers, right? Yeah. And then entertainment start at night. So the culture immediately pop up, saying that anybody who is not coming out to the street to play. To work, you're lazy. Okay, you're boring. You're uh, you're you're marginalized from the, the society. Okay, so that culture lasts up to this time. 
as if like we are diurnal, we can do anything, right? Sure does. Okay, let me tell you why the sleep is important. Okay. Yeah, you know probably part uh, part of it from our friends here that the brain has only two percent uh, in mass compared to our body. Two percent. Two percent. So let's say I'm um, 160. Two percent of the three some pound, tiny little piece of a stupid blob. Okay. So this this is not holy organ. It's a, it's, a, it's a really useless, expensive things, and. But if you're counting on the total energy, is a 20 to 25 percent of a cost of total energy budget. Let's say you take a, a let's say a 3,000 calorie, right? And then probably you know close to 10,000 10, already get into the brain. Doesn't matter what you do. You are, you know, super smart Albert Einstein or your dumbest you know crazy uh, people like me and. <laughs> It burns this equal amount. It doesn't matter what you know what you do. The brain just doesn't burn that much. Okay, and it only takes glucose. The brain never takes anything else. You know, a small portion of a glucogen, but it, the glucose is the only source of it. Let's say we like a pasta, we like a Coca Cola. Whatever you take into your guts, half of it goes to the brain. Half of it. Half of it. Okay. Fifty percent. Okay, and oxygen, heartbeat. You know, it's a selfish organ. Okay, when you think about your heart. The biggest artery come out of called aorta. Yes. Right. And on top of this arch, there are three major chunk of uh, of vessels. They all shoot to the brain first. So whatever happens, the brain has the first priority. If I don't have enough, no nobody should have it. The rest of the other organs. So that the brain is a very expensive one. Well, the question I have, which is not medical knowledge, it's a, it's engineering knowledge. Okay. I go. The brain is that hot, burn that much of energy. Okay, the common sense is that how do you get rid of the heat? Right, you know, you have a, you drive a car, combustion engine. Then to couple with that combustion engine is my coolant. I have a big tank of water. Yes. Right, and cold temperature pump in, hot temperature come out. You can boil eggs with that water, right? And then you have a fan. You have a radiator to get rid of the things. What if one of those three mechanisms is not working? And there are two consequences. One is the engine gets set on fire. It's too hot. Or stop working to prevent it from further heating up. That's the only, it's a one, thermodynamical one-on-one. There's no yes. choice, right? Okay, see how our brain works, right? If you keep working, Without, because our brain is not equipped with any, any uh, cooling cooling system. We don't have a fan, we don't have a radiator, you know. We have insulator. The skull is an insulator, and we don't have a coolant. The blood is warm liquid. Okay, ninety eight degrees pumping out of my artery, going through my brain, coming out still ninety eight degrees. Okay, there is no difference. Okay, where which heat it goes, right? So there is a one only one mechanism. Fortunately. Our brain is not combustion engine. It's called isothermal process. Isothermal. Isothermal. So that, that means that the energy burned relatively slowly. It's not like a, you know, like a fire, right? It's a slowly. And then the temperature will accumulate slowly. Therefore, it allows us to cool it off slowly. But it, somehow you have to cool off as, as a lump sum, right? Now we found that sleep is the most effective way to cool it off. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we talk a little bit about sleep. We have uh, uh, three three different levels of sleep from a stage one, stage two, and stage three. And then, of course, you bounce back to REM sleep. REM sleep is just like awake. Okay. So let's talk about sleep only. Yale University study of things. I don't know exactly, you know, the year and and, and uh, who, but it, the, the the sum of it is very simple. During your deep sleep, which is a very slow wave sleep, and you know, we call it deep sleep, and then that's the moment your brain is uh, almost empty. You don't have a dream. You don't have a movement. That sleep gave you the benefit of a reduction of metabolism by 44% as a human brain. And during that 44% of a reduction, you will accumulate about 30% more ATP molecules, which is the, the energy fuel for the neurons. Okay? If you miss that window of a cooling off, you need the rest of the 20 hours to cope with it. There's no free lunch. You have to cool off. Okay? So that's how people have ADHD, have a kind of things. What is ADHD? It's a half-awake, half-asleep mode state. And then the medical community said, all right, I'll give you, you know, methamphetamine kind of compound to wake you up. Come on, you know, somebody got to pay. There was no free lunch. The kids got to crash somewhere because he didn't sleep well, right? Yeah. Why you have a more ADHD kids now? They play video game too much at night, okay? So when is the best time to have a deep sleep? Okay, you mentioned about the total hours, four hours, eight hours. Four hours may work. Depends on when you have that four hours. So I want to push this very important. When you, if you look at a scatter plot, okay, you have a six cycles average overnight of this uh, deep and shallow, deep and shallow sleep. All the most important, longest concentrated deep sleep occurs in the first four hours. Okay, so from a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Okay, that four hours I only talk about as a, a average. Relevant rel- relative to our sunlight. Okay, so if you take a assuming you take a morning sunlight, because our sleep is related to melatonin. Okay, melatonin is not a melatonin from a counter, okay, it's an internal melatonin. That we learn that our eyes on the retina of our, of our eye, we have a two kind of cells. So one is a, is a called the optical cells that allow us to see each other, to enjoy the beauty of society. The other type of tiny cells around the little dot type of cell called a ganglia cell. The ganglia cell and the optical cell, they follow the same path, you know, go through, you know, behind my nose and then ended up with a a place called chiasmic structure so that optical nerve cross each other and then to, to the back of my brain to see things, all kind of things, right? But the little ganglia cell fibers also stay there. And then the structure there, right above that cross, is called a suprachiasmic nuclear. So that basically it's a, a you know, uh, SCN. You know, we this thing's now uh, the medical community talk a lot. It's called a, a biological clock. Yes. Okay, that's very important. The clock signal actually is from my eyes. I from sunlight. Okay. Is Who this is the that? blue light that you the blue light. speak of? Yeah, actually, it's an indigo color. It's, it's, it's even darker than blue. Yes. It's a, like an ultraviolet type of color. That's right. It's like a 450 nanometer wavelength. Yep. It's a barely see. It's a very dark blue. That blue light triggered the, the ganglia cell, 
to come up with the uh, chemical called melanopsin. Melanopsin go to the uh, you know this uh, superchiasmic nucleus and then go down to spinal cord, and then loop back to uh, you know like a adrenergic uh, uh, like a ganglia, and then go all the way back to hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and then ended up in pineal gland. So this cascade reaction takes a twelve to fourteen hours. Hints to the fret side of this sleep, when you do fall asleep to the four hours later, you're reaping the benefits of that 12-hour process. Exactly. That 12 hours initiate from the amount of a morning sunlight you take. Yes. And Dr. Yen, going back to when you're being subjected to the blue light, can, yes. can things obstruct that blue light? Meaning your glasses, a window? Absolutely. <laughs> that's the thing. So, you know, again, we are... Caveman, right? Contacts, right? Yeah, so okay. we're supposed to be You're right. outside we the are. world. Okay, we don't have glasses. Now, all of a sudden, remember, the uh, the shorter the wave, the harder to penetrate things. So that's why ultraviolet all filtered out by glass. Yes. Which is the same thing. This is just adjacent to ultraviolet. Anything on its way will be blocked. Infrared can go everywhere. Just like a today, you know, NASA sends such a beautiful satellite there to catch up uh, uh, infrared, because the infrared will will continue to expand in the passing ultraviolet chop off earlier on. So now we can see, you know, hundred billion years ago when the, when the universe just started, because that's a long wave light coming over. Short wave is already gone. So, which yeah. is the same idea. We want to catch the best light of a morning sunlight which is uh, rich in blue light. What, which is about 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., 7 a.m. to exactly. 11 Exactly, right, right after sunrise, you know, somehow in the, in the day, in the morning time. Yep. Okay, for two advantages, because uh, let's say now you, you go out afternoon, right? The, the sun turned into a yellowish orange. Yep. And then before sunset, it's a red. Yeah, Because uh, all the red. things are all absorbed yeah. by the uh, our atmosphere. So the blue light is all gone, right? So early morning gave you the best morning sunlight. And then the, the other thing is you give biological system enough time to have a melatonin. Otherwise, if you, let's say, we, assuming we have a lot of blue light now, when you get that blue light, it's too late for you. You don't, you know, you don't have that. So the idea is that I want everybody to remember their caveman, their hunter, get up in the morning, take one hour outdoor, you don't have to do anything. You just uh, read there and play a video game. I have a best friend who happened to be the uh, world-renowned neuroscientist. And he, he actually, he didn't know anything. Inadvertently, he realized that I have to be in my jacuzzi every morning for no reason. He said, you know, if I don't, I, if I skip one morning, the, the whole day was screwed. It's, uh, okay, so he said, if you come to my house before seven, because we often hang together for a lot of uh, academic work, and they said, don't knock the door, just go to my backyard, I, my fat body will be there, okay? <laughs> so when you go there, you will, you will see him, you know, have a head of a lettuce and a big tortoise is sort of walking around in the backyard. He just uh, peel off the lettuce and then toss it to the tortoise. <laughs> I, go, I go, man, it's, it's boring, what are you doing? He said, I don't know, I just feel fun of it, okay? But he, you know, now he realized that he is taking the best advantage of the God-given gift. Come on. The sunlight. And and intuitively, he's feeling this. Yeah. And he knew. Yeah. 
Um, my husband have a story for you about hot and cold therapy. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing a lot, of, a lot of research and finding our ways. And he, he finally says to me one day, he's like, I've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. It's felt really good. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he'll go, he loves driving. Okay. And any body of water, Dr. Yin, he'll stop, jump in. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. He'll do, a, he'll do a plunge anywhere oh, he goes. Wow. And and he feels, the, the, I think the greatest word is revived. Mm-hmm. You know? And 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 anyways, when, when we got into it, it, his light bulb went on just like your friends did. Probably because you yeah. helped him understand what you're doing is very intuitive. Yeah, and that's how they are. Their football training uh, center always have that. Two dips here yep. there. Yep, <laughs> here and there. Infrared sauna, all the stuff. Yeah. So. so so that's the things, you know, sleep, the benefit of sleep is is not just like a, have you recouped everything. There is a real scientific reason behind that. Our ancestor did exactly right. Okay, so that's a, to me, that's a number one. And of course, related to that is the uh, uh, amount of food we take. Yes. And we should take a food as our friend, but also it may become our enemies if you take too much. So that people say, oh, sugar is bad. I go, sugar is really good. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> But if you take like a half pound of sugar, it's like a, you drink a lot of Coca-Cola. Oh, that's bad. Okay. Yes. But a sugar and a bowl of a pasta, that's exactly the same thing. Okay, that's a cheap, quick calorie. You take it in, you, you use less energy to burn it, and then it tend to convert into fat deposit. That's right. Okay, so when you, if you're hungry, you have a very less calorie, you take a whole spoon of a butter, that's great stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong or, or worse. I know, or it's, the it's ghee. A, yeah, the, the real oh, butter. Oh, the ghee. God, that's lovely. I know. <laughs> if you have a whole jar of the ghee, that would be fine. Yes. Right? So, so that's how you know, I, I want to... Uh, Dr. Yin, I have a question for you or or a statement that I make to my clients. And and I'm unable to talk to my clients this way all the time in the very beginning of of learning how to eat well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do say once once they get in good behavior and better habits to eat healthier Mm -hmm. and not overeat all the things, um, I always say you don't want to go into starvation mode. You don't have to go into starvation mode, right? So instead of going into starvation mode, it's it's great to give yourself calories. I don't care if it's Cheez-Its at mm. that point. You know, I know it's not great, but like you're saying, the sugars and all versus not eating at all. Right. You know, because a calorie at the end of the day is a calorie. Yes. You know, and so, like I said, it's really hard to tell my new clients, yeah, go eat a box of Cheez-Its because that's not true. That's right. But, so let me give you a minute. I think this is a great uh, subject. Let me tell you a little bit about myself, how I eat, right? Yes. Uh, I had uh, sleep apnea you know, a while ago when I was uh, 20, 22 pounds heavier. And I used to be pretty fat. You know, that, that's not good. And uh, I realized that there are two options. Either you put a CPAP on you or you know, find a way to drop weight. Because when you get to a certain age, your soft tissue becomes heavy. You know, you, you know, your tension is gone. And you plug in your in your uh, air duct. So, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, I am intended to drop weight. Okay. And the first things I did is to cut off a lot of a cheap calorie food like uh, uh, carbs, right? And it works really well. So now we're so used to this, and the way my wife and I were eating is like this: we get up really early, six o'clock, 
Okay, she has her like a small, slow exercise routine. I just go like a 50 push up, that's all. I don't do anything else. Okay. And, uh, and I, when I first started four years ago, I can only go once. Now I can go 50. Uh, the combination of a strength of muscle and also body weight loss. Because I push up like 180 pounds, that's impossible. Now 150 something, that's perfect. So, second thing, I drink a lot of coffee. Okay, I, I don't care about it. Coffee is great for me. I drink coffee. Okay, but I skip. You know, my life is fun. Okay, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem. But okay, and I don't eat my things until nine or nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So what, what I eat is very heavy. You know, either have a four uh, ounces of steak or three eggs with uh, uh, many other things like, um, you know, sausage, you know, but I don't eat uh, carbs, right? And now I learned how to enjoy tofu. Ah, that's interesting thing. So it sounds like a weird, but, uh, you know, when you really, you know, get, get in there, you know, you, you fry it and you sort of like, a, you can braise it. Somehow put a little Tabasco sauce on there. You can eat a lot. That's a nice protein. Okay, so you feel stuffed. Or I sometimes I eat uh, oatmeal. Oatmeal is, is not that much of carb, but they give you stuff. But in the oatmeal, I put a butter ghee, and I put a, a, a pump uh, the pumpkin oil, and I put a walnut and raisin in a whole lot of things. Okay, this whole the rich diet helped me last for a long time. And I go out, I recently fired my uh, uh, gardener. I do, and I have almost a, an acre of land, right? I just, uh, I decided to do myself because, uh, you know, they're happier than I am. Why do I bought it and pay them a thousand bucks and then they're happy. I said, uh, it's not worth it. I just got rid of them. I do myself. And uh, in the, uh, let's say around 1.30ish, yeah, my wife and I have a routine. We sit down, have a sip of wine with a little bits of cheeses, and then uh, have uh, a couple of grapes. That feels really good. Okay, by the dinner time, in our dinner time is somebody's lunch or breakfast. It was a four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, what we have is very light. Either you know a little bit of beets with a little cherry uh, tomatoes and then little. Uh, uh, pine nuts on top of it and then put a you know some sort of basil pesto stuff like that or you have a romaine lettuce you know cut in half grill it a little bit and put a dressing on put the nuts on that and that's all five o'clock and then and on we don't eat anything go to bed 9 30 get up next morning four or five in the morning that's it you don't miss anything in life. You don't feel hungry and feel never feel this head comfortable. You know, there's there's a lot of studies I've done through different cultures of eating. And Mediterranean mm-hmm. is one of, best, my, yeah. one of my favorites, and that's what it reminds yeah. me of. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of that also because of the sleep and because of the relaxation and and what you've shared with me, and I'll, I just can't wait for everyone to hear uh, this episode. <laughs> My gosh, because the tranquility that comes from your voice box also comes from your intrinsic self and how you feel. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the coolest. And I don't know if, if you're like, if you're, you know, you know, real with me right now, but it is so cool to feel the harmony on just describing what your day looks like okay. and, and how peaceful it is. And I know you're it a doctor and I know you do all the studies and all the stuff, but at the same time, describing something like that is inspiring. You know, opposed to living this chaotic, hectic life that we are all about right now. And you said it in the very beginning. Um, I learned from you the social anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can play a huge part in this and we can we can wreck ourselves <laughs> from the get-go. But I just want to say thank you for sharing more of the Mediterranean style of living because it is so beautiful. It is so clean. It is so easy, yeah. like you said, and it's nourishing to the body. Um and the higher fats in there, like when you're when you're saying, I, I, I you know, a stick a ghee, like these things are the things that your body breaks down so easily. Easily, yeah. That, you that's know, a, when our ancestors eat it, I eat it. Yeah, <laughs> and I will I will forever remember this. I can't even tell you. You've probably heard me a thousand times. That we're cavemen. Go back yeah. to go back go to back that back. day. You know, and and we've talked about this too. I mean, we're just embedded in four walls all the time. Yeah, you know, and that's not how we lived in the very beginning either. We were out doing the garden. Yeah, there, there is a very interesting illusion there in our society. We tend to, uh, you know, attribute everything to medical science as if like they give us a good life and a healthy. No, 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 no. I used to invite, uh, and I was used used to in charge of a big lecture series for our uh, residents. So I invite a uh, historian uh, from a pharmaceutical company, actually. And I wanted to talk about, you know, what is the, uh, in, in our modern history, what, which one contributed to our uh, well-being and health that much? You know, we live much longer than our ancestors, right? So you go, yeah, you know, we tend to think uh, our modern medicine scalpels and drugs really give us uh, things. Is that, no, we can quantify that. And then look at from the uh, uh, ancient time to today. And the biggest leap of our health is from the Industrial Revolution. But from there to now, what is really happening to give us a quality of life is nothing to do with the medicine. Okay, 80% of that attribute to two things. One is a separation of a sewage water from a drinking water. Ooh. It's, a, it's a civil engineering, right? No kidding. So no infectious disease anymore. Holy okay. yeah. Second thing is industrialized agriculture. So that we eat chicken, we eat everything infinitely. So yeah. there is no people die of hunger. Nutrition is not a problem. Everybody eats really well. It's a too well. That's the problem, right? So now we have a modern disease, which is called hypertension, obesity, that kind of thing. But from that early years to today, and then the industrialized agriculture is really revolutionary. So medicine, if you think about a cost effect, it only helps us 20% or less. Mm-hmm. But that 20% is based on $3.7 trillion healthcare budgets in this country. Come on. Okay? Yeah. 3.7 trillion is close to entire Germany's GDP. <laughs> and then how much we've done to ourselves? Not that much no, at all. Not. Okay? <laughs> so don't count on that. We count on ourselves. Thinking about what is the you know the common sense, what is the well-being, L- sleep and eat. 
Yep. If you're and it's not it, that hard. Not hard at all. It's not it's that hard. hard. But we, we make it so hard. Yeah. And this is, again, Dr. Yen, one of my theories, but I think, and you can stop me in my tracks, but I think the FDA and the pharma world work hand in hand. And and what I say this is, that, you know, I get a lot of clients come in and like, I'm, I'm gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I'm sorry, I'm uh, gluten intolerant. My bad. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm this. And I'm like... The, I'm sorry, but our world wants you to dive into that pool and eat all of this stuff. So exactly. in time, we could be given all the medicine to, you know, to save you and to mm-hmm. help you. That's right. And I don't believe in it. Not for one <laughs> second. And I'm going to keep telling everyone all about it. Like they are, they're, they're attempting you to go into that room and that room only. And it doesn't have to be that confusing. Uh, no. So, so the thing is that, you know, there is a sort of wise man, um, said this a long time ago, it's in medicine, you know, he referred to traditional medicine, but yes. maybe yeah, I think I can apply to this. Medicine is uh, uh, consciously or unconsciously uh, kill people. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. So, well, it's like the gluten intolerant, you know, and yeah. I'm like, you know, your body, you, you ate it, you ate it. You ate it. You mm-hmm. ate it. And finally, at one point, that alarm system is going to, yeah. you know, happen maybe outwardly, maybe inwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to have to go get checked. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. going to be told that. They already knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Well, a lot of things I know. If I, you know, open the, this uh, can of worm. I know. <laughs> so we don't even have to. Okay. We'll so, save it for another yeah, time. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't feel this is a, a you know, fit to the, the public uh, information but I, no, I this is it. a really big deal okay so you know I, I have a whole group of people shared the now in the, this kind of a, a belief uh, with me and then we talk about this a 3.7 trillion dollar things right yes I go yeah, yeah you know I want to invent something that can be so low cost that you know, basically I'm working on this I want to give the treatment for free to everybody okay mm-hmm. and this will be a problem because somebody warned me from a DC in the Capitol Hill. They got, hey, you are stepping on somebody's toes. Okay, be careful. Your train may be derailed. Your plane may be plunging. Okay, because uh, you know you're really working on something against the whole mainstream, right? And then my other friends warned me said, it. okay, you work on things in a, with such a holy belief on that, right? That's right. Let's say you reduce the total healthcare budget. By half, you plunge the ten uh, percent of the GDP in this country already because we don't have a manufacturer. We're service based medicine, military complex. These are the two major things in our GDP. If you reduce ten percent, you know, of the entire GDP by reducing medical cost, then our whole country will get into recession. Okay, you can do that. Okay, you see, that's something that beyond my scope of thinking, right? But the things is that you know we need to put in the, in the things in the perspective, and then also understand what is the impact in the, as a society, as an individual. But I think at least you know everybody need to at least think twice. Who is the boss of my health? Is my doctor? Is my nurse? My parents or anything? Know yourself. Okay, but you have to have a discipline. As soon as you realize what is the health 101, you need to work on that. At the beginning, from a 3,700 calorie drop to 1,200, yeah, that's a struggle. Okay, but you have to go slowly, gradually, 
slow and steady wins the race. That's right. Um, I also believe in being your own advocate. You know, even as I'm sitting right here with a wonderful, most intelligent man, I feel a certain way. You can only do so much for me until I express to you how I'm feeling. Oh. Right. And then and then you're like, oh, OK, OK. Or me asking you the questions based upon how I'm feeling. And that's what makes us all so unique, mm-hmm. you know. But but if I've got this illness, she's got this disease, he's got this injury. Um, it's it's very imperative that I I think that every single person asks questions. Mm-hmm. They they and they also stand in their own truth. They look in their mirror and they say this feels a certain way and don't neglect it. Right. Stop neglecting what's going on inside of yourself yes. and start pronouncing and raising your hand and saying, I need help. Absolutely. You know, and especially with 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 the minds like you, we're so thankful for people like you in this world because um, without you, we wouldn't really get better. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just try to be uh, play a little role, you know, just bring people's awareness That's uh, right. how much they can do by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you a professor at UC Irvine right now? I was, and I'm retired. That's why I'm gardening everything. Oh, I was wondering yeah. how you're drinking some wine in oh, the middle yeah, of the yeah, day, yeah. buddy. I'm retired, <laughs> yeah. So, so no, no, I'm not working. But the thing is that now when Jeff called me, I come here. And also, I uh, still working with a lot of academic people at UCLA, USC. That's how I see, you know, neurosurgery. I see, and I also work with a, a very, very famous uh, professor at UCLA. And, uh, you know, he is a faculty member in eight departments. It's unbelievable. You know? Oh, my gosh. And then now he is so smart because he is a protein guy. He understands the structure and everything. Now he converted the food into medicine. Basically, they say, you don't need a medicine. I'm going to make you a tomato that treats your diabetes. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. So we work on a lot. And my... Uh, virus study my uh, diabetic studies are at ucla so you know i'm a retired but today's retirement is not really the old-fashioned retirement you know my friends uh who dip his body in the jacuzzi that guy yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right? retired he, he retired a long time ago but now he's a movie maker no way yeah he is the guy behind this a criminal mind tv yeah. series right he's also uh traveling around uh talking about a you know uh, uh psychopath and now mm-hmm. uh, the, the Danish uh, royal family call him up and then to talk about that things and uh, FBI have a problem, call him first. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I believe this is a shooting things and then you know, he will be the one to be asked. To be called. Yeah, but of course, you know, he wrote a book called uh, Psychopath, I believe. It's, a, it's a, on Amazon. And it looked like a, a little paper peel off something in the, in the cover. And he said, hey, Jen, and I want to dedicate that book to you. I said, hey, you and I cannot be in common. Okay? You know, you have your own fun. I have mine. And don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of fun, similar, my kind of um, uh, scientific people achieve, uh, accomplish the people. And, uh, but we all know taking care of ourselves is number one. Yes. And then have fun is the next. I love that because, um, Maybe society thinks of, of of retiring and just being done and being a couch potato. No, no, no. You know, and that's a lot of that's a lot oh, of people's choice. Oh, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, right. And, and speaking about I that, that, I have one more thing I want to comment on. Yes, sir. Uh, that come out of my uh, passion about uh, religions because I'm not a religious person for anything, but I'm so curious about why different culture always have a religious activity. What's in common, right? 
And when I, uh, of course, my first early exposure to this is uh, uh, Buddhism. When I was because uh, China is a Buddhist, yes. uh, Buddhist culture. So uh, I went to uh, a deep mountain in, in, in the central area, uh, live with the four monks over there. And they're all vegetarian. They eat very little food. They don't sleep. It's amazing, you know. They all meditate, sit, you know, on the ground all the, I mean, the whole evening. Next morning, they're Do you think their sleep. meditation is their, their sleep? Is yes. better than sleep. Better. Yeah. That's right. Right? And because of their metabolism is so low, you know, when you eat food with them, you finish all their food. It's not even enough for your, yourself, you know, but they only eat this much, right? Yes. I didn't understand that. I just say, oh, that's strange. But I never understand the, how they can sustain that kind of life for decades, right? Yes. And now I realize they're happier than I am. It's amazing. So then I went to Tibet. Tibetan trip really opened my eyes, okay? Of course, there is a little uh, culture part, but the Tibetan Buddhism is based on compassion. It's not uh, anything for your own happiness. I, you know, they, they have a ritual. They go worship their Buddha, right? They can, you know, climb on the ground, a cold, icy cold uh, journey for a thousand miles, take like a year, right? And to go to uh, the, the place called Lhasa. And then they worship it, you know, to, to, to their Buddha. And the whole thing they are wishing is not for themselves. They go, I can die during the journey. I want peace for my village, for my neighbor. Yeah, well, that was so powerful. Kind of, now, when Jeff and I were working in this field, and I told my friend Conway, I go, you know, what is the best, best reward you've got? It's not that much money you make. Actually, Conway didn't make a single penny in the past decades. Okay, I go, do you feel good compared to the million dollar kind of income when you were in the other industry? You say, yeah, I never know why. I go, because you get a reward from the kids you saved. This is so powerful. You know, we are happy people, but we're the ultimate beneficiary. Okay. So if we go back, because I now I have a cross-cultural experience, right? I came out of a Eastern culture, Buddhist-based culture, all of a sudden into this Western way. Okay. We have such a slogan. We have freedom to chase happiness. So happiness in Western definition is so different from Eastern way. Okay. Now I see why people chase this, it's called high. Okay, the high, I've never been high. I don't know what the high is. Sometimes when I have a coffee, I'm a little euphoria. <laughs> but the high here means a lot. And I want to, you know, dramatic high. And when I see people on chemicals, I go, oh, that's what you're asking for? I go, now immediately when I see their behavior, I see their brain is on fire, burning a whole lot of things, right? And serotonin, you know, uh, adrenergic neurons all firing. So any system in high energy is not stable. You have to crash, okay? The crash is depression, lethargy, you know, comatose, whatever it is. So that if, if an individual can live long enough, let's say 60 years or 80 years, if you keep tracking the, the journey of their high or low, you know, the up and down, up and down, like a, like a, like a salt teeth, right? But as an average, everything just a regret in the middle line. Okay, let's say high is 10, one is uh, uh, low, and then when you see the average, it's somewhere around five. 
Okay, the regression line is over there. Well, the interesting thing is that biological system doesn't like a variation, doesn't want to change. Yeah, it doesn't want to do this. Doesn't want to do this. I want to be stable, right? I don't want to. I want to have a structured life. Everything is predictable. Therefore, the information load is low, and I don't have anxiety. Okay, anxiety is the mind, but my heart, my guts, all want the same thing, exactly the same thing. Don't change. Okay. When you look at the Eastern Europe, Eastern definition of high, they don't chase that. They don't even know that things. Okay. But when you look at the Buddhist teaching, the, what they're talking about is you know, now. If I use a lang English language, it's a contentment. It's not really that the high. That I want to be peaceful, content. stable, content. Okay, the content is so unique, and then of course sometimes it give you the, the serenity feeling, which is also very nice, right? And they put a piece of a Chopin on there. To me, that's a, a, a European version, American version, but still, that's a contentment, not really that things. So that if we can combine the cultural teaching with the lifestyle to fit that, and I, I believe that's the beauty of it. And of course, every religion has their unique way of a meditation. If you can do meditation, you don't need me. Meditation is the most powerful way to conserve energy. I have published a paper in a, in a scientific journal to show the long-term meditation can be more effective than sleep, and also can mechanically tune the brain to be rhythmic, which is you know the one that ultimately our treatment we want to talk about it. That's right. But that's the, yes. the spontaneously can do. You know, I, I compare my treatment versus med meditation. I go meditation is a three course gourmet food. Our treatment is a hamburger version of it. Okay, so you can say that something get to a certain level, but it's not there. Do you think that your treatment? Um, we got to wrap it up here. But do you think that your treatment with meditation is even better? No, you don't need me. No. If you go oh, to meditation, right. don't, you don't need him. <laughs> Just meditate, people. Right. Don't come see me. But our culture is so short-tempered, short and short attention. I yeah. quickly examine me in a half an hour, I need to move. So that's the thing. that uh, If I can teach people not to come here, but do yourself in a slow cooking and in a gourmet food preparation, then the whole society will be healthier. We need to get this stuff out there. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of doctors out there like you that are so selfless. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm not a doctor, okay? No, he's not medical, a doctor now. Medical school, you medical. Know, I changed my, my uh, first name. I don't need it, okay? No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. You're, such a, you're such a good man, and you want to help people. And, yeah. and thank you so much for being on Project U today. Yeah. This is everything that this audience wants. And, and, and you guys, if, if this is touching your heart, um, take notes of this. If this is touching your heart, the, this is something that I feel right now and I share a lot often with my clients is this phrase called raw motion. Raw motion um, is lasting for a good 24 hours. And then after that, I already started thinking about tomorrow or when I have to pick my kids up and whatnot. But this emotion that I have right now sitting here with you and Jeff and, and really for the time that I really go get back into the gym at 3.30 is going to be profound. You know, and I love to, I wrote notes, you guys. I, I do have my journal as well, but I love to write notes because I love to brand it. This is a great, uh, these are this is anything of great information, even um, knowledge that you don't know while you're discovering self can be branded. And then you, you tend to remember it just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then you can reference back and be like, oh yeah, I remember 
when that guy said that thing on that, on that episode. <laughs> But that guy is available for you anytime. That guy. <laughs> so we can expand every the little topics, you know, another hour or less. So. Yeah. So thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I feel, I feel so loved right now. I still, I feel so inspired and so much more hopeful with, with people like you around us and that it's um, a huge thing to surround yourself with people that know a little bit more about things that you want to know more about. Yes. So health and wellness is what Project U is all about. And um, is there any one piece of advice or one uh, quote or mantra that you'd like to give our audience? Yes, I do. Okay. One thing I want to let people know, even if you are suffering right now, uh, our reality, the world is not there. It's an it's a illusion. It all depends on how we view it. So my quote is always like this. When you change the way to look at things, the things you look at changes. <laughs> That's what it is. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Till next time. This was episode 120. Thank you so much to Dr. Yen. Until next time. Mwah. Thank you.